0: Welcome to Ring the Bell, the podcast of the Masters of Marketocracy. I'm your host, Tony Mitchell, and joining me tonight are Glenn Brownworth, John Archer, and Eugene Grossman. Tonight, we're going to talk about the possible ban on TikTok. We're going to talk about the uh, possibility of a debt default, and we're going to talk about the war. And then we'll give some individual stock picks, as we always do tonight. So I'm going to open it up here by asking about the uh, the debt default possibilities. The uh, U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee voted Wednesday along party lines to give President Biden the power to ban Chinese owned TikTok, but it must still be passed by the full House and the Senate. Do you think it'll pass? And if so, what effects do you think it'll have on the markets? And what repercussions do you think it will bring from China? Eugene, why don't you take that one?
1: Um, Well, I think, you know, it it will pass the House. I think the House, for sure, the Senate, the toss-up, you know, Republicans will vote for it. I think some moderate Democrats will vote for it. And whether or not Biden agrees to it is a whole whole other story. Kind of all depends what's happening that week, I feel, for him is how he reacts. China, of course, will, you know, say it's government overreach, which is kind of ironic for China. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, nothing's gonna happen. China might look at banning some Google or uh, or Instagram Or Instagram from China, but at the end of the day, it's like nothing's going to happen. So I think from an investing point of view, it makes it more interesting because then I think a good, you know, meta would be a good play because of Instagram. Instagram reels might just take over, especially in the U.S. if TikTok all of a sudden disappears. It uh,
0: definitely will be interesting. The uh, Senate is uh, controlled by the Democrats right now, and there's certainly a question of whether they will pass it or not.
1: Right, right. I think there are enough moderate uh, Democrats, like Joe Manchin, for sure, and um, what's her name from Arizona who declared herself independent.
2: Kirsten uh, Sinema. Uh,
1: yeah, Kristen Kirsten Sinema from, uh, like right after the election uh, last uh, November. They, those two, and I think there might be at least one more in the, in that in the in the remainder. that will vote for it to get it over that fifty-one vote hump to you know pass pass that uh pass that bill. Um the extent to which TikTok, you know, it, you know is spying on um Americans is no more than how much meta is spying on your web your web uh usage. Right there. Um you know you yeah. You you talk to your phone all of a sudden you look at your you look at your Instagram reels, like stuff that you're like, wait, what? Why? How does it know that I just talked about this? You know, it's fully integrated into your phone speaker. So, you know, I'm, I, I I think this I think this whole banning TikTok is a just another posturing from the right. Should they? Should we ban it? I don't know. I personally don't care, and I don't think it has any national security concerns to say the least, because I'm sure anybody in the government that has a government issued phone is blocked from ever downloading TikTok. So I don't really know how that would be a national security
2: concern. The issue is that when somebody has a TikTok account, what they're using it for is they're just like, just like Meta does it, they're analyzing everybody, but the Chinese are using it so they can actually use it for espionage. So they know that, uh, 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 John Doe actually works at a lab or something like that that works on radar, and then they they can kind of send an agent towards that person because even though he doesn't have a government phone, he does it on his personal stuff. People kind of give away their lives through these technologies, and after a while, they use it as a data mining tool. That's what they're really afraid of. Same but thing. But they're data mining by, on Facebook.
1: Yeah. You know? The data yeah. mining
2: Facebook. Yeah. It, it, it's the same thing. But it's our company. At least we can, you know, bring them into Congress to give them at least an, a talking to. They won't do anything. But <laughs> but when it's China, when it's China, right? We can actually, you know, it's 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 just that particular app. But there's like the top three applications on the App Store right now are all Chinese applications. So what do you, what do you do? You know, we're really afraid that they they've actually said that they want to use AI and machine learning to attack our militaries. So. That's well, where it, yeah, the thing yeah. came from. But this is, this is like a software kind of Trojan horse. If somebody has, a, has this thing on their phone, they can kind of get an idea of all these people who are actually working in a certain area. Oh, I'll give you an example. There were a bunch of people on a military base, and I think they were in Afghanistan, and they would go out every day, and they were jogging, and they were, te- they were, they were recording their jogging routine on their phone, and they were being tracked via their jogging app. And so they knew the person would go from A to B to C, and then they could actually go and find them and try to assassinate them. But they knew all these people were actually people who worked on the local military base, because everybody always ended up in the same place at the end of their dragging. It was always in yeah. the military base. You know, it's it's like operational security. People are giving it away by accident.
1: But, but,
0: I think there's you know, a number of Democrats that are uh, debating uh, whether it should be completely banned or whether we should just implement some more controls to make sure that they can't uh, do some of this tracking. And I think that's uh, something that Eugene uh, reflected upon. Um, I definitely think that uh, if uh, if it is banned, but even, even after uh, the House votes on it, if they pass it, we'll see uh, SNAP and META pop about 5%. And then if the Senate does pass it, I think we'll see it pop, snap and meta pop another 10%. Uh, I think the Senate is the biggest question mark right now. So into uh, your point, Eugene, about uh, retaliation being uh, China, maybe putting a ban on something. There's uh, not a lot that they haven't already banned. So uh, that downside is uh, is pretty low right now. So
1: yeah, that's what I, I. That's what I think. I know, but to your point, yeah, there's there is operational security around that, but you pretty much can hack anything nowadays. And China's done it or attempted to do Fitbits, same thing, uh, your Apple Watch. It, it built, everything tracks everything. Like even just hacking your phone, they can send you. A, you know, most people don't pay attention to their email. Where it's a phishing scam, they click on the link and boom, done. They're being tracked. They, they everything on their laptop. So really it doesn't matter about Tiktok. Yeah, they might get the metadata uh, for you know, maybe your usage, maybe not, or maybe, you know, they pass a law that tells all the platforms like Google uh, Store, App Store, and um, uh, the App Store to say, hey, if these can be sold in the US, uh, Tiktok is gonna have to, or you put some safeguards into uh, that it can't access location or anything else when people are using it. So,
0: we will find out pretty soon what's going to happen because it's not going to yeah. take long from here since it passed committee. But let's move on and talk about the uh, possible default of our debt. Um, the US Treasury's exhausted, um, it's already exceeded, and it'll exhaust its emergency measures to prevent a debt default sometime between July and September, uh, depending on the revenues it collects uh, by tax day. So we don't know the exact date, but uh, this summer could pose a problem as uh, we've had problems on this in the past. And uh, we all know that uh, our, um, our legislators are not uh, too, um, too, too eager to get along right now. So uh, I definitely see a big battle brewing. Um, Congress needs to raise the 31.4 trillion debt limit um, John, how concerned are you about this, and how much of an effect do you see this having on the markets this summer?
3: Well, Tony, I've been concerned about the uh, the the debt of the United States for years, and uh, it 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 doesn't seem to have had an impact on the markets. Um, Congress, I think dozens of times over the last few years have have has raised the debt limit. And I think that'll happen again. I think I think it's there's a fairly low, in my own opinion, probability uh, that uh, it won't happen. Uh, in spite of what some Republicans are going to talk loudly about, oh, gee, we can't do that. The sky is falling. Um, I think they'll go ahead and and uh, and approve it. I think that in with respect to the markets, there are. Uh, quite a number of other concerns that that participants in the market should have, other than the the debt limit. And I think, you know, you tick them off. It's it's inflation, it's interest rates, um, commercial real estate concerns me. I've I've mentioned that before uh, uh, in this meeting, um, and you know, we looked at the at the uh, fourth quarter. Some of the retailers, they're not uh, they're not doing well, and I think that uh, there's some concern on on the part of uh, uh, consumer spending. So I, I and we'll talk about this toward the end of the of the meeting today, but uh, I'm still still cautious and um, and I'm conservative about uh, you know the next six to nine months. So we can kind of work through the Fed can work through inflation and we can kind of see where the consumer is going to come out on the other side uh, of this. There's, you know, everyone's got jobs. Um, uh, Salaries are rising, but not nearly as as uh, fast as inflation. So I think there's other concerns out there. Well, I tend to agree that in the long term,
0: we will work out a solution, but I am a little bit concerned because of the uh, what's almost uh, a more extreme fighting uh, between our political parties. And back in 2011, when there was uh, the last major standoff over the debt limit, the markets did plunge. Um, so I am a little concerned about that period myself. It's, uh, and and they, they have a little bit of time to work it out right now. But uh, there's not really even discussions happening right now. So, um, but you bring up some other good points too, John, about uh, uh, about other issues in the market right now.
3: Well, I, I don't I don't follow politics very closely, but I was reading today uh, where uh, someone said that the Democrats uh, do not have a majority in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Senator F- uh, F- uh, Fetterman is in the hospital. Uh, Senator Diane Feinstein is evidently not there, so um, you know there's two Democrats um, that aren't participating in the in in the process and aren't voting. I assume you have to be there to vote. That's say they, that's they a-
1: vote by proxy. I think there's there's they the Senate has a rule that they that uh, they instituted for this during COVID. I think they're just keeping that around that you don't have to be present to vote. Th- th- those that's are good
0: points, and, and I'm thinking back to uh, history stories that I read where they've wheeled in um, senators or or, or re- uh, representatives that were literally just about on their deathbed just so that they would vote. So that's a good point, though. Um, and of course, the proxy makes it a lot easier right now. So. Um, well, let's let's move on and talk about the war a little bit. That's uh, another concern of mine, and it, it's maybe one of my biggest concerns is the war. Um, and you know, recently Russian forces have made gains in the Bakhmut area. Um, Eugene, how concerned are you with the war, and what do you think it could do to the markets over the next six to twelve months?
1: Well, the war has been raging for a full year now, and the markets barely paid attention to it, as you can see, it's been in the sideways trajectory for the last pretty much a year. There was some bottoming out because of inflation, but nothing to do with the war itself. Um, energy costs in Europe are actually lower than they you know, were pre-war. Back in like January, February, early February of 2022, 20, uh, uh, prices now are, are lower. Um, and the the move in Bakhmut, you have to actually put that in context. Yeah, the Russians have been making gains uh, using those the mercenaries, but this fight for Bakhmut's been going on for six seven months, and the Russians are making you know gains of ten meters a day. It's, it's you know that's pretty yeah. much what it is. I think the <laughs> Wagner the Wagner mercenary group has lost ten fifteen thousand men trying to gain, like, I think they've gained, like, six, 700 meters, yeah. essentially, it, for that. It's it extraordinarily cost. So, yeah, there are movements, but I've been hearing or, or reading that actually Ukraine's going on a counter-offensive in, in Bakhmut, especially in the northern part. They're trying to pinch off some of those extensions that uh, they've actually made. Uh, but I really don't. Unless unless there is a major breakout by the by the Russians in this, if they have this Everyone's like, oh, the spring offensive is coming. I think the Russians are already doing their spring offensive. It's not really doing much. Um, And if there's some major breakout by the Russians, that might affect the market. Um, I don't think there will be based on, you know, where everything is going to stand still. They're they're just grinding a meat grinder right now in Bakhmut. But um, on the flip side, if the Ukrainians stage their their counteroffensive, which would cut the Russian front line in half by going south into um, through Metropole. Then I think the markets would kind of go the other way, saying that you know the Ukrainians are back on the advance, and the war <laughs> might be uh, shortened. But you know that's that's a whole other story. Um, (laughs) Well, certainly the
0: the markets move based on how the war is moving. Uh, Ukraine still has great support from around the world. Um, I've been surprised that uh, President Biden, Janet Yellen, just made surprise visits to Kiev. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Prince of Saudi Arabia just made a visit to show his support and pledge $400 million. So there's certainly a lot of support still for Ukraine. Um, In fact, tomorrow there's supposed to be another announcement from the U.S. about additional support. Um, But I keep looking at these two charts that I'm sharing with you guys right now. The chart on the bottom is the markets from World War II, um, right from when uh, um, Germany invaded Poland right through to the end. And as this chart goes up and down, so went the war as the news came out about the progress of the Allies or in or Germany. Um, and then above it, I have a chart of the S&P since, the, uh, since last year, the beginning of 2022. Um, and they both show two big uh, bottoms. It's like a double bottom in each of these. And I'm hoping that that second double bottom, like as in during the time of World War II, Uh, is the second bottom uh, of the S&P over the last 13 months. Now, of course, the chart of World War II is actually a chart that extends for over eight years. Uh, But I think because of modern communications, everything is compressed and happens quicker. So I'm still in a debate whether we're just uh, at one of the peaks early on the war, or if this could be Uh, on the way up like it was in the uh, from 1942 up toward the end of the war as we see in the bottom chart of the markets here
2: but that that drop right there that trough is actually that's the result of Pearl Harbor right there so it's December 41 into probably the middle to late 1942 once we got our stuff together everything started to move and that's why you know they say you go to war with what you have so the, the beginning of the war was just a mess but now like you said, the, the West is involved. We we're committed now and we're going to stick to it. So we could be somewhere in the bottom of that trough right now, or we're going to go and we're kind of like in it in the next three or four months until Ukrainians start what they're going to do, which they have to do sooner because they have to start growing food. And that's the biggest issue. Like they if the Ukrainians can't grow the food they need to grow, like the rest of the world could just start to implode. It's already happening like in Pakistan and in Africa, if they don't have the food from there, you know, it affects Ukraine.
1: Yeah, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the other- I hope you're right about the troughs. And um, I, I, I hope that that's the way I'm reading it, too, that uh, this will be on the upswing. I do definitely believe that uh, as we make more progress uh, toward peace, um, we will see a nice uh, uh rise in the markets from it because i i do believe a lot of people are still very concerned about the war
1: no i know there are people you know people who are concerned and you know rightfully so but its overall effect on the broader market has been was overplayed in the beginning because while ukraine is a major supplier of wheat and you know basic substance to Uh, A lot of countries, uh, most first world countries, while they they import from Ukraine, uh, they can find alternatives to that supply versus third world countries. Uh And that's why, uh, you know, Ukraine does have a lot of natural resources, but it's not completely underdeveloped right now. So I would think that if Ukraine was a fully developed in their natural resources and they supplied a good percentage across the globe, you would see the market would have been like lost nearly 10,000 points at the beginning of this war. But because they're not, uh, that's why the markets aren't really reacting in in the way you saw World War II. Because World War II was a global disruption of, of trade.
2: And back then, every country pretty much grew what they needed locally before globalization. But now right. there's there's a way you can get if you're in Germany and you used to buy energy from the Russians, you can get liquid natural gas now. And yeah. for the right amount of money, they'll pull it right up to the docks and they'll convert whatever we can sell. We are actually selling. What was it? The U.S. is selling more natural gas to Germany now than Russia was selling a year ago. We have so much liquid natural gas. We don't even know what to do with it, but we're selling it to Germany right now. So now. Yeah. You know, those little things just kind of pull the rug out from the whole war and kind of, it's like they have, they actually have to let Russia make some money from oil to stop the rest of the system from imploding. It's kind of like this weird balancing act. If you took too much money out, then it'll collapse. It's like, we don't want these countries to collapse because then it just makes things worse, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to, that's why they set the cap at 60. They could have made it 30, but then Russia would have been like, it's not even worth pumping the oil. And then all the other countries in the world that buy cheap Russian oil they'd be screwed so it's like it's like it's like it's 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 a weird balancing act you know
1: just give just give a perspective here um yeah. natural natural gas the EU Dutch natural gas uh was selling at about seventy seventy three 73 euros December 21st 21 is now trading at 46 yeah yeah it was. It was. There was this huge spike at the end of the year where it spiked up, thinking, "Oh my God, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be awful." And then it spiked to like over one hundred and forty, but mm-hmm. then it, it it precipitously fell off the cliff, lost about a hundred, hundred, hundred euros. And yeah. you know, we're that's why I'm like Russia's gambit on the winter, totally failed. Pretty much. The resolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think that I. I, I Everyone's like, no, you know, Ukraine's push to, you know, take back all the lost land, including the, the separatist areas of the Donbass, Luhansk, and, and you know, taking Crimea back is not out of the realm of uh, reality. If, mm-hmm. you, if you look, if you follow any of the feeds um, from from that area, there are... Um, even the Wagner group is calling out the Russian uh, Ministry of Defense saying, we don't have bullets. Send mm-hmm. us bullets. Um, new conscripts are getting rifle, battle rifles from the 1960s that are completely rusted shut. And they're like, we can't use these. Um, they are pulling tanks out of reserve from the 50s because they have run out of their main battle tanks, their, their fifth generation main battle tanks. Yeah. And because you have know, that many, they've pretty much exhausted supply of their uh, of their precision guided weapons. They just—it's just—they okay. just have a lot of men right now.
2: Yeah, that's the rush. Men. Like, throw bodies at it.
0: Eugene, right, right. we 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 appreciate your insights, um, and for our listeners, uh, Eugene, you were you were born in uh, Ukraine, correct?
1: So this 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 is why for me it's a little bit more because you know a little more context. Both my great-grandfathers, two of my great-grandfathers, went MIA in the first few weeks of the first of the second world war and they are somewhere buried uh, in ukraine no one knows where and Mm -hmm. my grandfather, both my grandparents my grandfather's fought so it's you know it this touches home for at least for me and my family yeah
0: well thank thank you eugene we we really appreciate that and uh, know that we're all uh thinking of you every day we think about ukraine too so um, guys, we have a few minutes left. What I'd like to do is go around the horn here and just tell us, are you buying, selling, or are you holding? The markets had a good day today. The Dow was up 342, the S&P up 30, and the NASDAQ up 83. So if you're buying, tell us what you're buying. Um, or, again, are you selling or are you just holding? Uh, Glenn, why don't you start us off with that one?
2: Uh like i said before i think we're kind of like in the middle of like the beginning of the last trough over the next couple of months and it's the uncertainty of the war even if it hasn't affected that much so i'd say i'm more of in a holding pattern right now but a lot of the companies have kind of come back up from their bottom so they're actually a little bit overvalued right now you know like nvidia is a company i like to follow they've gone over 200 their intrinsic value is 156. so you know, I think there could be a little actually like a little miniature sell off in the next few months. And that'll that will one has bottom. definitely
0: been on a big pull or a big yeah. run. I'm sorry. They've yeah. been definitely a big run. John, what about you uh, buying, selling or holding?
3: I'm holding, Tony. Um, I'm cautious. I'm conservative. I want to wait six to nine months. Um, I talked to a, I'm a business owner in addition to being a portfolio manager for marketocracy masters capital management. And I, I talked to some business owners last night who said, Hey, we're used to 0% interest rates and now they've tripled. I mean, not can't triple zero, but I mean, um, it's a significant cost for business owners to do business now. And um, that's also a concern that I have with growth companies. Sure, absolutely. Eugene, how about you? Are you buying, selling, or holding?
1: I am holding. I'm looking at the market narrowing its trading range. And I think it'll get to a point where it's, it's so congested that We'll. I'll be looking for news to either break it up or down at that point. Um, but, yeah, you know, like Glenn said, the, the market, uh, there's a lot of stocks that, like Tesla was like at 102, lost, you know, 70% of its value at one point. It, it was crazy. Now it's, you know, rebounded. Um, it, was it closer to its uh, intrinsic value at 100? Probably <laughs> than it is right now. But, you know, you, you, you buy the hype. Um yeah. But also, uh, I, I think the interest rate de- debate is, oh my God, interest rates are rising. I'm like, historically, we're at the- these interest rates, shouldn't have lasted this long to begin with. The only reason they lasted this long is because we had two major events happen within close proximity to each other that caused them to stay low. So you had the first the, the dot-com bur- bubble burst, which caused the Fed to lower interest rates to near zero. As they start ratcheting up, we had the you know the housing market bubble. You know, it was even more bigger catastrophe It kept them low for this long. So, if you think about it, the people complaining is like, this—they're never supposed to be this low for this long. You should have—you—you you should have taken the opportunity to borrow, got some free cash at near zero percent, especially at, at, at the corporate level, and held onto that money and used it for something. Um, I think. We are above what I would say would be quote unquote optimal, I think optimal you know interest rates are around like maybe four or five percent, and I think we'll get back down there, but we'll never go back to where we were before that, that's insane and I think inflation is just a snap back to the low inflation we had for twenty years whenever you you when you went to school, you know you went to business school back you know back in the day twenty years ago, they said whenever you calculated you know, value of a stock, you always threw in three to four percent inflation to measure like a portfolio. It's like, all right, so your portfolio goes this, here's your inflation, here's what your expected return is. That's three to four percent. We were trending at one and a half, half of that on the low end. So I'm not I'm, I'm not concerned about this the this this interest rate rise right now, really. We we definitely
0: were in a deflationary environment and it's definitely turned quick on us. So, uh, great points, Eugene. Um, so I have three holds from you guys. Um, I'm going to give a little different take, um, because I'm doing all three. I'm, um, I'm buying a little bit, I'm selling a little bit and I'm holding a lot of positions and I'll explain that. Uh, I'm definitely holding my, my, Companies I feel great about for the long term, especially dividend payers right now. I am, I am selling when I see uh, something that I hold get a nice run up, and I I feel like I've I've made some nice gains, and I t- feel like it's a great time to take advantage of taking some off the table, because I feel like we might see a pullback uh, in the middle of this year with uh, over the debt ceiling, and then I might be able to buy something back cheaper. And what I'm buying is primarily U.S. short-term bonds because they're paying great rates right now. And so I'm just—it's way, another way of just kind of holding cash to have it ready by buying three and six-month short-term bonds. Um, I'm buying a few other little positions. I bought a little extra energy this week as uh, as Pioneer pulled back and pays a great dividend. Um, after Devon got beat up after its last report, I bought some at the lows that uh, Devin hit, like the 53 range. Um, I bought some call options on Meta because I think that uh, there is some big opportunity with Meta with the possible ban of TikTok. But even if that doesn't happen, I think it's uh, undervalued right now and uh, something that won't be affected by the war. So uh, that's what I'm doing. And, and one last final question for all three of you is. Any final thoughts that you have to offer our listeners tonight? Glenn, you want to start with that one?
2: Time in the market beats timing the market. <laughs> okay.
0: John, I'll, I'll let you chop that one.
3: <laughs> if, you, if your 401k is down and you're not happy with your investment advisor, think about Marketocracy Masters Capital Management. I love that one. Thank you, John. <laughs> Eugene, what do you have for a final thought?
1: Never never get emotional about the, your stocks.
0: Boy, that's easier said than done, but that is an important <laughs> one. Um, I want to so, thank everybody okay. for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, and for more info on how you can invest behind one, any one of the masters, go to marketocracymasters.com.
1: Thank you all. Have a good day or night.